Chapters 12 to 17, Book 16, Volume 2 of Le Mort d'Artour. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Chapter 12. Alas, said she, Bors, shall ye not do my will? Madam, said Bors, there is no lady in the world whose will I will fulfil as of this thing. For my brother lieth dead, which was slain right late. Ah, Bors, said she, I have loved you long for the great beauty I have seen in you, and the great hardiness that I have heard of you, that needs ye must lie by me this night, and therefore I pray you grant it me. Truly, said he, I shall not do it in no manner wise. Then she made him such sorrow as though she would have died. Well, Bors, said she, unto this have ye brought me, nigh to mine end. And therewith she took him by the hand, and bade him behold her. And ye shall see how I shall die for your love. Ah, said then he, that shall I never see. Then she departed, and went up into an high battlement, and led with her twelve gentlewomen. And when they were above, one of the gentlewomen cried, and said, Ah, Sir Bors, gentle knight, have mercy on us all, and suffer my lady to have her will, and if ye do not, we must suffer death with our lady, for to fall down of this high tower. And if ye suffer us thus to die, for so little a thing, all ladies and gentlewomen will say you dishonour. Then looked he upward. They seemed all ladies of great estate, and richly and well beseen. Then he had of them great pity, not for that he was uncounselled in himself, that liefer he had they all had lost their souls than he his. And with that they fell adown all at once unto the earth. And when he saw that, he was all abashed, and had thereof great marvel. With that he blessed his body and his visage. And anon he heard a great noise and a great cry, as though all the fiends of hell had been about him. And therewith he saw neither tower, nor lady, nor gentlewoman, nor no chapel where he brought his brother to. Then held he up both his hands to the heaven, and said, Fair Father God! I am grievously escaped, and then he took his arms and his horse, and rode on his way. Then he heard a clock smite on his right hand, and thither he came to an abbey on his right hand, closed with high walls, and there was let in. Then they supposed that he was one of the quest of the Sangreal, so they led him into a chamber and unarmed him. Sirs, said Sir Bors, if there be any holy man in this house, I pray you let me speak with him. Then one of them led him unto the abbot, which was in a chapel. And then Sir Bors saluted him, and he him again. Sir, said Bors, I am a knight-errant, and told him all the adventure which he had seen. Sir knight, said the abbot, I wot not what ye be, for I ween never that a knight of your age might have been so strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
not for then ye shall go unto your rest, for I will not counsel you this day. It is too late, and to-morrow I shall counsel you as I can. Chapter 13 And that night was Sir Bors served richly, and on the morn early he heard mass, and the abbot came to him, and bade him good morrow, and Bors to him again. And then he told him he was a fellow of the quest of the Sangreal, and how he had charge of the holy man to eat bread and water. Then said the abbot, Our Lord Jesus Christ showed him unto you in the likeness of a soul that suffered great anguish for us, since he was put upon the cross, and bled his heart-blood for mankind. There was he the token of the likeness of the Sangreal that appeared afore you, for the blood that the great fowl bled revived the chickens from death to life. And by the bare tree is betokened the world, which is naked and without fruit, but if it come of our Lord. Also the lady for whom ye fought for, and King Anios, which was lord theretofore, betokeneth Jesu Christ, which is the king of the world. And that ye fought with the champion for the lady, this is betokeneth, for when ye took the battle for the lady, by her shall ye understand the new law of Jesu Christ and holy church. And by the other lady ye shall understand the old law and the fiend, which all day warreth against holy church. Therefore ye did your battle with right, for ye be Jesu Christ's knights, but therefore ye ought to be defenders of holy church. And by the blackbird might ye understand holy church, which saith, I am black, but he is fair. And by the white bird might men understand the fiend, and I shall tell you how the swan is white without forth, and black within. It is hypocrisy which is without yellow or pale, and seemeth without forth the servants of Jesus Christ. But they be within so horrible of filth and sin, and beguile the world evil. Also, when the fiend appears to thee in likeness of a man of religion, and blamed thee that thou left thy brother for a lady, so led thee where thou seemed thy brother was slain, but he is yet alive, and all was for to put thee in error, and bring thee unto wanhope and lechery, for he knew thou wert tender-hearted, and all was for thou shouldst not find the blessed adventure of the Sangreal. And the third foul betokeneth the strong battle against the fair ladies, which were all devils. Also the dry tree and the white lily. The dry tree betokeneth thy brother Lionel, which is dry without virtue, and therefore many men ought to call him the rotten tree, and the worm-eaten tree for he is a murderer, and doth contrary to the order of knighthood. And the two white flowers signify two maidens. The one is a knight which was wounded the other day, and the other is the gentlewoman which he rescued. And why the other flower drew nigh the other, 
that was the knight which would have defouled her and himself both and sir bors ye had been a great fool and in great peril for to have seen those two flowers perish for to succour the rotten tree for an they had sinned together they had been damned and for that ye rescued them both men might call you a very knight and servant of jesu christ chapter fourteen then went sir bors from thence and commended the abbot unto god and then he rode all that day and harboured with an old lady and on the morn he rode to a castle in a valley and there he met with a yeoman going a great pace toward a forest say me said sir bors canst thou tell me of any adventure sir said he here shall be under this castle a great and a marvellous tournament of what folk shall it be said sir bors the earl of plains shall be in the one party and the lady's nephew of hervin on the other party then bors thought to be there if he might meet with his brother sir lionel or any other of his fellowship which were in the quest of the sangreal and then he turned to an hermitage that was in the entry of the forest and when he was come thither he found there sir lionel his brother which sat all armed at the entry of the chapel door for to abide there harbour till on the morn that the tournament shall be and when sir bors saw him he had great joy of him that it were marvel to tell of his joy and then he alighted off his horse and said fair sweet brother when came ye hither anon as lionel saw him he said ah bors ye make not make none avaunt but as for you i might have been slain when ye saw two knights leading me away beating me ye left me for to succour a gentlewoman and suffered me in peril of death for never erst ne did no brother to another so great an untruth and for that misdeed now i ensure you but death for well have ye deserved it therefore keep thee from henceforward and that shall ye find as soon as i am armed when sir bors understood his brother's wrath he kneeled down to the earth and cried him mercy holding up both his hands and prayed him to forgive him his evil will nay said lionel that shall never be and i may have the higher hand that i make mine avow to god thou shalt have death for it for it were pity ye lived any longer right so he went in and took his harness and mounted upon his horse and came to fore him and said bors keep thee from me for i shall do thee as i would to a felon or a traitor for ye be the untruest knight that ever came out of so worthy an house as was king bors de ganis which was our father therefore start upon thy horse and so shall ye be most at your advantage and but if ye will i will run upon you there as ye stand upon foot and so the shame shall be mine and the harm yours but of that shame ne reck i not when sir bors saw that he must fight with his brother or else to die he nist what to do then his heart counselled him not thereto inasmuch as lionel was born or he 
wherefore he ought to bear him reverence, yet kneeled he down afore Lionel's horse's feet, and said, Fair sweet brother, have mercy upon me, and slay me not, and have in remembrance the great love which ought to be between us twain. What Sir Bors said to Lionel he wrote not, for the fiend had brought him in such a will that he should slay him. Then, when Lionel saw he would none other, and that he would not have risen to give him battle, he rashed over him so that he smote Bors with his horse feet upward to the earth, and hurt him so sore that he swooned of distress, the which he felt in himself to have died without confession. So when Lionel saw him this, he alighted off his horse to have smitten off his head, and so he took him by the helm, and would have rent it from his head. Then came the hermit running unto him, which was a good man, and of great age, and well had heard all the words that were between them, and so fell down upon Sir Bors. Chapter 15 Then he said to Lionel, Ah, gentle knight, have mercy upon me and on thy brother, for if thou slay him thou shalt be dead of sin, and that were sorrowful, for he is one of the worthiest knights of the world, and of the best conditions. So God help me, said Lionel, sir priest, but if ye flee from him I shall slay you, and he shall never the sooner be quit. Certes, said the good man, I have liefer ye slay me than him, for my death shall not be great harm, not half so much as of his. Well, said Lionel, I am greed, and set his hand to his sword, and smote him so hard that his head yeed backward. Not for that he restrained him of his evil will, but took his brother by the helm, and unlaced it to have stricken off his head, and had slain him without fail. But it so happened, Colgrevance, a fellow of the round table, came at that time thither as our Lord's will was. And when he saw the good man slain, he marvelled much what it might be, and then he beheld Lionel would have slain his brother, and knew Sir Bors which he loved right well. Then stirred he down, and took Lionel by the shoulders, and drew him strongly aback from Bors, and said, Lionel, will ye slay your brother, the worthiest knight of the world one, and that should no good man suffer? Why, said Lionel, will ye let me? Therefore, if ye enter me, you in this, I shall slay you, and him after. Why, said Colgrevance, is this sooth that ye will slay him? Slay him will I, said he. Whoso say the contrary, for he hath done so much against me, that he hath well deserved it. And so ran upon him, and would have smitten him through the head. And Sir Colgrevance ran betwixt them, and said, And ye be so hardy to do so more, we too shall meddle together. When Lionel understood his words, he took his shield afore him, and asked him what that he was. And he told him, Colgrevance, one of his fellows. Then Lionel defied him, and gave him a great stroke through the helm. Then he drew his sword, for he was a passing good knight, and defended him right manfully. So long dured the battle that Bors rose up all anguishly, and beheld 
how Colgrevans, the good knight, fought with his brother for his quarrel. Then was he full sorry and heavy, and thought if Colgrevans slew him, that was his brother, he should never have joy. And if his brother slew Colgrevans, the shame should ever be mine. Then would he have risen to have departed them, but he had not so much might to stand on foot, so he abode him so long till Colgrevans had the worse, for Lionel was of great chivalry and right hardy, for he had pierced the hauberk and the helm, that he abode but death, for he had lost much of his blood, that it was marvel that he might stand upright. Then beheld he Sir Bors, which sat dressing him upward, and said, Ah, Bors, why come ye not to cast me out of peril of death, wherein I have put me to succour you, which were right now neither death? Certes, said Lionel, that shall not avail you, for none of you shall bear others' warrant, but that ye shall die both of my hand. When Bors heard that, he did so much, he rose and put on his helm. Then perceived he first the hermit-priest, which was slain, then made he a marvellous sorrow upon him. Chapter 16 Then oft Colgrevance cried upon Sir Bors, Why will ye let me die here for your sake? If it please you that I die for you the death, it will please me the better for to save a worthy man. With that word Sir Lionel smote off the helm from his head. Then Colgrevan saw that he might not escape. Then he said, Fair sweet Jesu, that I have misdone, have mercy upon my soul, for such sorrow that my heart suffereth for goodness, and for alms deeds that I would have done here, be to me alignment of penance unto my soul's health. At these words Lionel smote him so sore that he bare him to the earth. So he had slain Colgrevans, he ran upon his brother as a friendly man, and gave him such a stroke that he made him stoop. And he that was full of humility prayed him for God's love to leave this battle. For an it befell, fair brother, that I slew you, or ye me, we should be dead of that sin. Never God me help, but if I have on you mercy, and I may have the better hand." Then drew Bors his sword, all weeping, and said, Fair brother, God knoweth mine intent. Ah, fair brother, ye have done full evil this day to slay such an holy priest, the which never trespassed. Also ye have slain a gentle knight and one of our fellows. And well wot ye that I am not afeard of you greatly, but I dread the wrath of God, and this is an unkindly war. Therefore God show miracle upon us both. Now, God, have mercy upon me, though I defend my life against my brother. With that Bors lift up his hand, and would have smitten his brother. Chapter 17 And then he heard a voice that said, Flee, Bors, and touch him not, or else thou shalt slay him. Right so alighted a cloud betwixt them, in likeness of a fire, and a marvellous flame, that both their two shields brent. Then were they sore afraid, that they fell both to the earth, and lay there a great while in a swoon. 
And when they came to themselves, Bors saw that his brother had no harm. Then he held up both his hands, for he dreed God had taken vengeance upon him. With that he heard a voice say, Bors, go hence and bear thy brother no longer fellowship, but take thy way anon right to the sea, for Sir Percivale abideth thee there. Then he said to his brother, Fair sweet brother, forgive me for God's love all that I have trespassed unto you. Then he answered, God forgive it thee, and I do gladly. So Sir Bors departed from him, and rode the next way to the sea. And at the last by fortune he came to an abbey which was nigh the sea. That night Bors rested him there, and in his sleep there came a voice to him, and bade him go to the sea. Then he stirred up, and made a sign of the cross in the midst of his forehead, and took his harness, and made ready his horse, and mounted upon him. And at a broken wall he rode out, and rode so long till that he came to the sea. And on the strand he found a ship covered all with white summit, and he alighted and betook him to Jesus Christ. And as soon as he entered into the ship, the ship departed into the sea, and went so fast that him seemed the ship went flying, but it was soon dark, so that he might know no man, and so he slept till it was day. Then he awaked and saw in midst of the ship a knight lie all armed save his helm. Then knew he that it was Sir Percivale of Wales, and then he made of him right great joy. But Sir Percivale was abashed of him, and he asked him what he was. Ah, fair sir, said Bors, know ye me not? Certes, said he, I marvel how ye came hither, but if our Lord brought ye hither himself. Then Sir Bors smiled and did off his helm. Then Percival knew him, and either made great joy of other, that it was marvel to hear. Then Bors told him how he came into the ship, and by whose admonishment, and either told other of their temptations, as ye have heard toforehand. So they went downward in the sea, one while backward, another while forward, and Everich comforted other, and oft were in their prayers. Then said Sir Percivale, We lack nothing but Galahad, the good knight. And thus endeth the sixteenth book, which is of Sir Gawain, Hector de Maris, and Sir Bors de Ganis, and Sir Percivale. And here followeth the seventeenth book, which is of the noble knight Sir Galahad. End of book sixteen, chapters twelve to seventeen. Read by Lars Rolander.